0: Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here today with Megan, who experienced a missed miscarriage and had an emergency room visit and ended up needing a DNC. So she's going to share her story with us today. Thank you for joining me, Megan.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So take us back to the beginning. Tell us the story.
1: Yeah, so um, me and my husband found out that um, we were... Pregnant right after Mother's Day, Um, I had been on a trip with some girlfriends. Um, I went on the trip, um, had kind of started to suspect before I left um, that I might be expecting and um, didn't drink while I was there. Um, By the time I got back, I was pretty convinced. Um, Went on this Mother's Day brunch with uh, my family And next morning, took a pregnancy test, and was pretty surprised to find out that we were expecting. Um, We were really excited, but we had not been trying, so, yeah. Okay,
0: so you get home from your trip, find out you're pregnant, and how far along
1: were you at that point? At that point, I think I was about four weeks. Um, I ended up actually getting a ultrasound probably around like seven and a half weeks. Um, my doctor that I had made an appointment with, she, they didn't do any ultrasounds until I believe 12, 12 weeks. And, um, so I ended up actually needing one earlier because I had had some pain, um, in my stomach and I previously thought it was more related to uh, morning sickness, but, I called my doctor and they said, Anytime that you have pain, we want you to go to the ER. Um, So I went to the ER to check for placement, and thankfully um, the baby was in the right place, um, had a heartbeat. They gave sort of an expected um, due date, and um, I actually had to stay there for a little bit because the the doctor was taking a while, um, to read the results and I figured it was just, they got busy with something else. Um, but after the ultrasound, the doctor came back, um, and they said that they had actually found something on my right ovary. Um, they found a cyst on my left, but they found what they thought could be a ectopic pregnancy on my right ovary. Um, in addition to? Yes, in oh, okay. addition to, yeah. Okay. Um, so they said that it was, they were pretty sure that that wasn't what that, that was, but they couldn't really tell what it was. Um, so that that had us pretty freaked out, but they scheduled another ultrasound for the next week. Um, and we just kind of waited and bated breath, you know, hoping that that's not what it was, because that would have been very dangerous for myself, um, not just for the, you know, the healthy pregnancy, but for me as well. Um, so next week I went to another appointment, um, turns out that that's not what that was. Um, but I got another ultrasound. I got, um, more pictures of the baby. And at that point they gave me a confirmed due date, uh, or their estimated due date. And they said that the baby would be due around, um, January 24th um but they didn't think that that's what um the spot on my ovary was they weren't entirely sure um but that they would just kind of follow up um with it as the pregnancy continued so we were pretty happy to hear that um yeah yeah and so we um were happy to know that our baby was healthy and growing as they should um and made an appointment for about four weeks later. Um, and in that time, I had actually spoken with a previous coworker of mine and had heard some kind of sketchy things about the practice that I had been going to and just started to feel uncomfortable with it and was wanting to look for a new doctor. Um, I made an appointment with someone else um, that I had heard good things about and um, didn't end up canceling the appointment, just figured I would cancel it at some point. Um, and it was right around 4th of July, I was supposed to go to my 12 week appointment um, the next day and I, I work on a pediatric oncology floor um, and I had worked three days in a row, the last day being 4th of July and started to spot while I was at work. Um, Immediately knew something was wrong. I, um, you know, talked to coworkers and they tried to calm me down. My mom tried to calm me down, um, just said, call your doctor, you know, see, see what's going on, see what they say. And um, I called my new doctor and nobody was in, nobody was on call. So I couldn't, talked to any physician there but I ended up calling my old OB um, and she was very um, I don't know not concerned about it Um, she kind of brushed it off and was just like oh this can be normal yes yeah oh this can be normal and I was like well you know what if there is something wrong she was like well if there's something wrong then you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And just, okay. <laughs> yeah. Kind of told me like, well, there's nothing you can do. So just go about your day. And I was like, well, um, should I come in earlier? You know, like my next appointment that I wasn't planning on going to, but the next appointment was like a week and a half later. And she was like, well, no, we'll just wait and see what happens. Wow. Um, which I was pretty, um, happy that I had already planned on seeing another doctor cause, um, I couldn't imagine going another week and a half not knowing if my baby was healthy or not. Yes. So, um, the next day called my doctor and thankfully, um, they were, they were there that day. Um, her nurse had called me back and said, that is concerning. You know, you are about 12 weeks long. That's, you know, even though that can be normal, it could be just from work. You know, we don't really know, but just take it easy. If you, um, if you start to cramp or have any more bleeding, please give us a call and come in." Um, was a lot more <laughs> empathetic about it. Um, so went in um, that that afternoon, uh, thankfully my husband was able to go with me. And even at the start of the appointment, um, my new OB was so great and was like, I'm not even gonna start with a health history or anything. I know you want to know that your baby's okay. Let's go ahead and listen for the, for the heartbeat and brought her little sonogram machine, um, out and was looking and looking. And she was like, well, you know, this happens sometimes baby might might not be in the right place. Let's, um, go to the ultrasound room and just take a look and not have to, you know, wait anymore to listen. At that point I was still very hopeful. Um, even though all the alarms in my head were going off, I was still just trying to convince myself that this is going to be fine. She's going to find the baby and it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, of course. Um, and the minute that she brought it up on the ultrasound machine, I just knew that that's not what a 12-week baby should look like. Um, and there was no flicker. And I knew what the flicker had looked like previously because of my two ultrasounds um, So she's looking and I'm just like trying to will my brain to, (laughs) to see what, you know, I thought should be there. Um, and eventually I just had to look away because I, I wasn't seeing it and she's silent the whole time and, um, eventually turned the machine off and just said the you know, dreaded words of, you know, this is the worst part of my job. It, it looks like your baby stopped growing at eight weeks, um, you know, and I, I don't think I heard anything after that. Um, I just said, I sat there and cried and I think she said, you know, it's not your fault. It's nothing that you could have done. It must've happened right after your last ultrasound. Um, and left us be for a little bit and eventually came back, um, confirmed it with another physician and went over our options. Um, which is the same that I've heard, um, other women be offered the, um, side attack, a DNC, or just naturally, um, which at, at, the, even in the moment I knew I wanted the DNC cause I just couldn't imagine going home and, um, having it happen at home. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to have to deal with it. I just, I did not want to have to deal with it. Um, and she said, that's fine. Um, we can schedule it for tomorrow or we can schedule it next week. It wouldn't be me tomorrow because at that point it was a, it was a Thursday and I would be coming in on Friday. And that absolutely seemed way too soon for me. Um, I felt like this had come from out of the blue because um, we had taken photos the weekend beforehand, you know, we were planning on posting on Facebook and, you know, telling rest of our family. Um, And so this just absolutely came out of left field for me. Um, And so I said, no, I want to wait. Um, I would rather do it on Monday. You know, if you don't think that this is going to happen over the weekend, I would rather just wait until Monday. And she said, no, I I think you're going to be fine. Um, You know, if you do start to bleed heavily, come into the ER if you soak through a pad an hour and left it at that. Um, and I ended up scheduling the DNT for Monday um, later that afternoon. Um, and after that, me and my husband just uh, we just broke. It was so heartbreaking for us to. Was he with you at this appointment? That. He was, yeah. Okay. And I, I'm so grateful that he was there because yes. I can't imagine being there by myself. I've heard so many women, you know, have been there by themselves and man. I, I can't imagine. Um, he was, he was great through the whole thing. Um, he was a lot more <laughs> probably coherent than I was well, at yes. that point. Yeah. So, um, we went home that weekend and, um, um, a few family members visited us and, um, thankfully we had a lot of support from friends and family and, um, we had already been telling, um, Close friends and family. And because I work on an oncology floor, I actually had to tell my work pretty much the day I found out because I can't handle chemo if, um, if I'm pregnant. So my work pretty much already knew. And I had to tell my coworkers and had to call into work and let them know that I probably wouldn't be at work the next few days and all that good stuff. Um, so over the weekend, um, we just kind of hung around the house and didn't really do a whole lot. Um, and then come Saturday night, um, I started having pain. I, um, it was probably around dinner time, and um, I took ibuprofen and Tylenol, and I had a heating pack, and, but it started to be a little bit too much. And we ended up calling the um, on-call OB, and she prescribed us uh, some medicine Um, my husband went to the pharmacy and picked it up and when he got back it was um, I looked it up and it was basically just ibuprofen for cramps I was a little bit like well (laughs) that's nice but I don't think that this is gonna cut it I've already taken ibuprofen and Tylenol and you know but we'll try it and I Did my best and just, I think I took some melatonin and just did my best to fall asleep. I just did not want it to happen at home. Um, Made it all day Sunday. And again, Sunday night, the pain started again. And it got to the point where, you know, not even crying, like crying was making it worse. You had to just get through it. Um, And it was coming every two minutes. and. Yeah, so I was just going to say... People don't
0: realize when they haven't
1: experienced it, it's very labor-like. Yes, that's exactly what it felt like. And I hadn't, you know, this is my first pregnancy and I Mm -hmm. had no idea what labor felt like, but I felt like this was it. And, um, I, again, just like refused to believe that this was going to happen at home. I did not want to experience it. I didn't want to see anything, um, So I took, you know, some more of the pain medication. I think I even took Benadryl this time to like try and fall asleep. Um, Another heating pack and just laid down and like willed myself to fall asleep. Um, And then a couple hours later, it was probably like midnight at this point, I woke up and I was just completely covered in blood. (laughs) Um, I woke up my husband in a panic and... Ran to the bathroom, and something came out um, and I had no idea what it was, but I was pretty sure that it was the pregnancy um, and at that point, in a panic, we just flushed it, and we just we had no idea what to do um and immediately after regretted it because we had no idea if that was the pregnancy. we felt like we had flushed our baby, <laughs> um, which was just a horrible it's guilt so hard yeah um something that we just hadn't even thought about, you know, before any of this happening. Um, And I wasn't even sure if that's what it was. Um, So we just, we were at a loss. Um, And at that point, thankfully my pain had stopped. Um, I wasn't feeling anything anymore, Um, but I kept on bleeding. Um, And I probably sat there for a good two or three hours um, just bleeding into the toilet because um, anytime that I got up, I would soak through a pad. And so we called the on-call OB, and she was very, um, unhelpful. It was oh, not my no. OB. Yeah. She was just very, um, she basically was like, well, you know, it's normal to have bleeding, but you shouldn't do it for that much longer. You know, I guess just do it for a little while longer and just hung up, <laughs> um, so we were at a loss. I mean, we were like, I, we didn't want to go to the ER, um, but we weren't sure how much longer I should be doing this. So we ended up calling my mother-in-law who's also a nurse, um, and getting her opinion because at that point my nursing brain was not on. And I was like, just caught up in the emotions of it all. And was not sure when I should go to the ER. Um, and she said, well, maybe, you know, you just need to pass a clot. And then after that it'll stop, you know, give it just a, 30 more minutes and see. And sure enough, 30 minutes later, I passed, um, a medium-sized clot, um, and it stopped. Um, so at that point we were pretty, pretty convinced that the miscarriage happened at home, um, called my OB the next morning. And she said, yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like we'll schedule an ultrasound for this afternoon. Um, we'll cancel the DNC and um, get you in and see. Um, so we went to that appointment and uh, lo and behold, I had passed none of the pregnancy. <laughs> um, oh, it was all just all clots. It was clots. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, these were like big huge clots, like huge, huge clots that I had never, you know, imagined yeah. um, could happen. So And I think because I wasn't able to see what had first come out, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even really sure. I wasn't shocked that we hadn't passed all of it, but um, was still very disappointed that it wasn't all just over.
0: Well, and the cramping. Yeah. Slowing down is very telltale of everything passing. So, I mean, yeah, I would have thought the same thing.
1: Yeah. And that's what my OB said. So... They sent me home, said, We'll schedule a DNC for tomorrow. Um, and, you know, again, later that night, um, the pain started again. Oh, no. Yeah. And <laughs> we called the Oncology and this time got a different one. And he said to take more of the same pain medication because at this point I had already taken it and I couldn't take anymore. And he said, That's okay. Just go ahead and take you know, two more pills and see if that helps. And I think 30 minutes later, my husband just looked at me and he said, I don't know how much longer you can do this. And I, I said, I can't. And we decided to go to the ER. So Um, this is with all the pain medication with all the pain medication. I just was in so much pain that I, and it was the pain that would come every two minutes. It was in my back and in my stomach and
0: it's nauseating.
1: Yes. It was awful. Mm -hmm. Um, So my mom ended up, um, actually riding with us to the ER and by the time that I got to the ER, I was throwing up and passing out from the pain. Um, it was just so, um, awful. I, um, we were actually in the waiting room for an hour. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. While I was losing consciousness, (laughs) um, in a wheelchair. Yeah, it was, it was pretty horrible. And I I remember tugging at my husband and saying, I, a doctor needs to come and see me because I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I'm bleeding out. I don't know if I'm, you know, I have no idea what's happening. And eventually they got someone, you know, and brought me back and took labs and, gave me fluids and pain medication. And finally I was able to like breathe again because it was, you know, making me out of breath and I was still throwing up and passing out in between the pain. And yeah, it was just, it was awful. Um, so after that, um, we, I, I think I slept for probably an hour um, after I got some pain meds and the nurse practitioner came and said, well, we would like to admit you, but if we admit you, then your DNC will, ha- it will be rescheduled. And we want you to have that sooner rather than later, because this shouldn't continue. Um, you know, you're bleeding a lot and we want you to have this sooner rather than later. And, um, sent me with a dose of pain medication um, to take it home just in case I had more pain there, but sent me home <laughs> at like three in the morning.
0: Were you still bleeding?
1: Yes, I wasn't bleeding as bad as the night before, um, but was still breathing bleeding pretty heavily. Um, and um, we ended up so we ended up going the next morning um, and they did the DNC. Um, Thankfully, it went, I mean, as well as it could have, Um, but the OB after um, came out and and talked with my husband and my family and um, said that I was completely dilated when they went to go and do the DNC, um, that I was further along than they had thought, and that I had lost a lot more blood than they were expecting or um, had thought that I had lost. Um, so that they think that the reason that I was having so much pain is because I was, you know, completely dilated and my body just had not been able to expel Right. See. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm not sure how, you know, they originally said eight weeks. I don't know how far along I actually was. They just said I was further along than they had previously told us. So. Wow. Yeah. It was. It was a drawn-out, traumatic kind of deal. Yeah. So through this whole thing, when there's that much pain,
0: that kind of becomes the focus. So as you yeah. came out of surgery, did more of the emotional part start to hit you?
1: Yeah, I. I definitely, I almost woke up sort of relieved because I just wow. was happy yeah. that the pain was over. <laughs> so was understandable. Gonna, yeah. That I was going to go home and I wasn't going to feel that horrible pain again. Um, but then, you know, once I did get home, home, I was, you know, hit again with the emotions of like, wow, okay, this is like really over now. Like, yeah, I'm not pregnant anymore. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was that was definitely hard, and thankfully my husband has been really great through this, and um, definitely been a rock for for us. When was all of this? This was. When was the DNC? Um, the DNC was July tenth. Okay. So it wasn't all that long ago. No,
0: that this no, happened.
1: yeah, um, and thankfully I I had had um, quite a while off of work. Um, it took me a while to physically recover from it. Um, but thankfully I actually got, um, three days of bereavement, um, at my work. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, horrible reason, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, I couldn't imagine having to go back to work even like a week later because even at that point I was still so physically exhausted. Um, Especially from that much blood loss. Right, exactly. And with working on an inpatient floor, and our floor is very busy, um, I knew that I couldn't go back to work feeling tired because I had to be fully present whenever I went back, Um, just because it is a pretty physically demanding job sometimes.
0: So at what point after July 10th, Did you feel ready to go back to work or did you go
1: back to work? Um, it was probably about maybe a week and a half later that I ended up going back. I ended up going back on a weekend, um, which was surprisingly pretty nice, um, because weekends are generally less busy, um, in the hospital. So yeah, I wasn't as stressful and, um, thankfully where I work, um, we have really, really great nurses on our floor, um. I think because we are surrounded with so much loss, um, we know how to respond almost to it. Um, so people were, you know, very, very great and gave me hugs and just said, you know, I'm here for you. And, um, they were just very supportive whenever I came back, um, cause they knew how hard it would be for me to come back after all of that.
0: That's amazing
1: yeah yeah it's really great
0: so it's been just over uh july uh, oh, a month so but yeah, yeah. five six weeks okay mm-hmm. so what about the emotions now i mean it's really it hasn't been that long
1: yeah um you is know, it a minute to minute thing an hour, yes. hour thing okay for sure it's definitely um moment to moment you know okay. i definitely have my good days and bad days and sometimes it's a good day with just a bad moment in it um, definitely in the beginning, it was just, you know, a task to get out of bed. Um, yeah, I remember even just walking my dog sounded like, you know, such a big chore. (laughs) Um, but thankfully now I feel, you know, so much better and, you know, most days are good with just, you know, bad moments here and there. Um, you know, being around, a lot of pregnant people that's always hard too because you know I do work in a pediatric hospital and there's you know pregnant women everywhere
0: yeah
1: yeah so that's always you know it's hard to deal with the guilt of being feeling jealousy of, um, of things like that um that's an adds another layer to things and and yeah. you
0: notice them now more than ever
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. And definitely, you know, having babies on my floor, I'm like, you know, I try to avoid (laughs) them almost, um, which can get hard, you know, especially if you're assigned to them, you know, you can't avoid them, but yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, especially with it being still pretty raw.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I remember, you know, pretty shortly after, um, I just needed to hear more stories. I needed to hear um, stories like mine. Um, I needed to feel less alone in it all. And um, listening to your podcast just helped so, so much.
0: I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad. Well, I wish you all the best. Thank going you. forward. Thank you so much. And just keep hanging in there. Thanks. <laughs>